Welcome back to Bike Race Weekly. I am your host, Ryan Gerard, and I am here with my co-host, Rick Greenwald. So if you noticed, we decided to go uh, behind the table this time for people who are just listening to audio. Uh, you can go view us on YouTube now at Bike Racing Weekly, uh, but we are behind the table now. Right. Instead of in front of the we're table. We're playing around with where we're at, you know, better lighting. Better lighting. Better lighting. It's all about the lighting. Ryan, what are we drinking today? All right, so beer of the week. Beer of the week. Uh, we got a Lakefront Brewery Proper Porter. Proper Porter. It's still a winner. Porters are a great winter beer, and this was my choice, so I think it's a pretty good one. Cheers. Cheers. I actually haven't tried this yet. I like that. Pretty good. It's a Lakefront Brewery beer, which is a local-ish beer out of Milwaukee, since we're in Madison. It's kind of local. Uh, and I don't think Lakefront makes, makes a bad beer, so I saw this, and I'm like... This is going to be a good beer. Yeah. Yep, that was my general um, reasoning. I've been on like a whole kick with porters and ambers. Okay. Uh, I've been completely off of IPAs recently. What is the difference between a porter and an amber? It's a good question. I actually don't know. I don't know either. They just taste different. Uh, yeah, they yeah, just taste different. They do. I, they do. I'm kind of over the whole IPA craze. Ooh, I hot was, take. I was, uh, I was a fan of IPAs before they were cool. Oh, yeah. When yeah. was that? 2010? Well, in 2010, I was in like... Eighth grade. Oh, okay. Um, so no. Yeah, they're a little younger than I am. Uh, but yeah, I feel like they they got really big in the last few years, mm-hmm. and they've just been so overdone, and they're all the same. So I can tell the difference between the genres of IPA. If it's like a hazy IPA, mm-hmm. if it's like a fruity IPA, but you know, for the life of me, I really can't tell between like this is the <clears throat> Fantasy Factory IPA and this is the Lakefront Brewery IPA. They all kind of taste just super hoppy to me, so it's good. I like IPAs, but I kind of feel the same way. It's just like they all blend. They all blend into the same thing, you know? Yeah. yeah. Do you have a, do, I don't think we ever <clears throat> talked about it. Do you have a favorite beer? Oh, yeah, that's a good one. I This is going to sound so basic, but I really like the Three Floyds Zombie Dust, and I say that's basic because that was voted the best uh, beer in America, right? But or was it, was it the best IPA in America? Um, <clears throat> I can't remember. It was one of the two. Mm, so that's really good. And then everything Three Floyds does is really good. I think that's probably my favorite brewery. Mm-hmm. And then oh, I, I forgot what it was. It might have been like a like oh man, I forgot. It was a it was a Scotch ale. I love Scotch ales. So I forgot the the brand of it, but it used to be at the bike shop that we worked at, and they had like the Scotch ale that was really good. That was probably my favorite for a while. It was like uh like ten percent beer though, so you'd have one, and it was like that oh, was enough. I need to you know drive well, home. Well, some believe that uh, it's not a beer unless it's over ten. So I have heard through you, maybe some other podcast hosts who we will not mention. Yeah, it was on Trainer Road. It was on Trainer Road. Yeah, yeah it was on Trainer Road. I, I was actually Chad, Coach I think Coach Chad. Yeah, about this. I yeah. actually kind of agree with him okay his, his logic behind it mm-hmm. is that um when he goes and drinks he doesn't really want the quantity right but he wants like the beer yeah if you want to get like a little bit of a buzz you yeah. don't want to have to drink 12 miller lights you know what i mean so he had he goes buys like one of those like large beer that's like yeah 12 15 i always wonder who drinks and then those he kind of sips them Hmm, okay. Like you could you um you know those like tasting glasses? Yeah, yeah. You can pour it in there and have like some of those, yeah. and just like one of those is like a, a full beer. To be honest, it's probably better for your calories as well for too. For sure, you better know, for your calories. If you're just having like you're like I'm gonna drink tonight, the more alcohol. Oh, kitty on the computer. Are we still recording, Ryan? Yeah, we're still recording. The more alcohol 
generally the less calories as long as you're not drinking the same quantity, if that makes sense. So like if I'm yeah. drinking one of these, if I want a little buzz for the night, and this is obviously for the, the viewers and the listeners over the age of 21, if I want a little buzz for the night, what I'll do is I'll drink something that's a little bit higher percentage. This is the thought process. And then, you know, I'm not drinking as many calories because I get to where I want to go a little bit, maybe not faster, but like at a more concentrated level. Hey, kitty. So, yeah, I kind of get that thought. I think it's a good one. And I think, it, for you know, for any training cyclist who wants to watch their weight a little bit, you know, maybe it's better to go for the hard stuff, you know, hit up the liquor, maybe the spirits as well. <laughs> Just kidding. It's a, it's a, it's a dangerous yeah, idea. Yeah, you know, um, one thing I do a lot at home is the uh, Moscow mules. Mm. They're super easy to make. Is it a mule if it's not in the copper container? Um, I do have copper containers. Oh, so you're making mules. You know what it is? Is that uh, those get really chilled. Yes. And significantly makes it better. Yeah. Just because it gets so, like, chilled. Yeah, I definitely I agree it. with that. I love Moscow meals. What is the, when you're, okay, so when you're in season, you know, it's it's July, you've been doing a lot of racing, you're kind of like, you know, you're really, uh, you're really cooking it, you know, you've done a lot of racing by this point. What is your post-race beverage of choice? I'm not going to say beer, I'm going to say um, beverage. Beverage? Yeah. Uh, that's a good question. I always, I'll bring, a lot of times I'll bring like a, like a Gatorade. Interesting. Like, I like was thinking soda, what's your, like a Coke. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. Like a Coke. That, that sounds pretty Coke good. Dude. Especially Coke I would think so like, hot. it's really hot. Oh, yeah. Yes, like after, um, I don't know what it is about Coke, but you're totally right. Year, after yeah. the state road race, when you, you had like two Cokes for me or something, or someone had like just Coke, like cans of Coke with them. Oh yeah. I think, I think I had some. I had some in the cooler for you guys. Oh, perfect. Yeah. That I don't even know why I had them. It was phenomenal. Yeah. I don't know how people drink Coke during races. Some people will like take those little mini Cokes. I can do it. You can? I yeah. I mean, I don't know. I guess that seems so much, so like a lot of carbonation, but I do like a nice like soda. A lot of the times they, those, um, they, they flatten it, right? Yeah, they flatten yeah. it. There, there are those, um, uh, what are, they're the Mexican soda. It starts with a J. Uh, you can find them at a lot of like smaller me- Mexican restaurants. Those are awesome. They're like made with real sugar too, you know, if you're into being like a little bit healthier. But those are super good. Multiple cats. Multiple cats. On the laptop. The viewers can probably see that we have some cats on the camera. We have cats on this we podcast. Have cats. Yeah, we don't. We let them do what they want. You know, we let them roam. We don't let them go everywhere. But yeah. So, all right. So that's your beverage of choice. But I'm gonna put out a question, which I think is like, I think it's something that everybody wants to know, but nobody thinks about a lot. Is when you go to like the big races, you know, I'm talking about like for us, like you know, maybe it's downer. Maybe you're going to the Intelligentsia Cup. Where are the best post-race beers found at? Where are the best post-race breweries? I don't think I've ever really gone to a brewery after. Well, it doesn't have to be a brewery. For oh, example, okay. for example, I'm gonna say when you're when you're going to the Intelligentsia Cup in Chicago area, you gotta stay till the last day because the last day is the Goose Island Grand Prix, and there's the Goose Island Factory right across from the race. Sure. So you gotta go to the Goose Island Factory. When at Downer at Downer you have to do the all you can eat and drink with your free T-shirts. Yes, yes. That is the best deal Great in cycling. Great deal, and all the money goes to the Super Prix. Yeah, can you best explain deal that deal? Explain the deal really quick. All right, so every single year at Downer's Ave in uh, Milwaukee, 
Uh, for those of you that aren't familiar, it's just slightly north of uh, downtown Milwaukee, just slight, just a few blocks south of the University of Wisconsin. Right on Milwaukee the lakeshore. Yeah. yeah. Just just like two, it's only two or three blocks south of the Milwaukee uh, campus. Yeah. Um, but it's like one of the biggest crit races in the U.S., or at least, you know, at one would, point it a, was like the biggest race in the U.S. It's a classic. It's a Super Bream, It's a classic, yeah. Which, you know, in past years, it's been oh, like yeah. $10,000. Yeah, I don't um, know. I don't know what happened around 2016. It started to get smaller. It's because of U.S. Nationals and uh, uh, the USA Crit Series. Yeah. They, they, they always have a race planning, that same weekend. They started planning right around toad time. And, and, so it's kind of been like, like, uh, D2 teams going instead of like D1 teams. Yep, yep, that makes sense. Yeah, so the Super Premium, or the, not, well, yeah, the Super Premium, it used to be like, I know when I started going, it was like $6,000 yeah. for the Pro Men's Field. And now, I think last year it was like 2000 and 2000. We got, we got some cats running around again. Sorry, apologies to the listeners if you hear some crinkling, that's cats. It's more cats. Um, so yeah, it was last year, I think 2000 and 2000, which is like still a pretty crazy. Uh, Prem, yeah. you know what was so a race that I went to last year that was pretty insane was the Janesville, I think it's the Janesville Grand mm. Prix, and that's hosted downtown Janesville. The course is really cool. It's got an awesome course. It's it's like bet- almost between a circuit race and a crit course because it's kind of longer. It's almost like they took like two separate crit courses and then there's a bridge that kind of connects them and you basically go in between the two. So it's a really cool um, atmosphere, sweet race, and it's insane the amount of money that they give away for preems. They were giving away $1,000 preems to the Cat 2-3 fields. They Dang. were giving away $1,000 preems oh like every other lap in the, the pro men's and the pro women's field. It was ridiculous. That's I what would, you got to do. Dude, I, there was people that were flying in for that race. I know there were. I, like, I, I had heard about it. And they were like wow. cleaning up, even in like the masters categories. They were they were giving away like these insane premiums. The prize money was like bonkers in the pro field and the the amateur fields, like insane. So yeah, if I you're gonna have done that race, well, you should do it this year. If I you, can't. Oh, right, right, right. I'm not gonna off. win the pre money. I probably so. I don't know. This year, so if we want to carry that on to a new conversation, I'm sure. Because this year I plan on, uh, I haven't yet, I'm going to sometime before the season starts. I'm going to see your retirement from pro cycling, from from amateur cycling. From pro cycling, I'm going to announce my retirement. Okay. But no, I'm going to be... It's for um, gravel racing, right? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to get my CAT 2 upgrade. Congrats. Um, I have have the points now, so I just need to officially, like, Thanks USA. Thanks, USA Cycling. Yeah, thanks for making it easier. Yeah. Uh, it's so, like it's kind of crazy. Some people are like bummed about it, and I feel like you're just like, heck yeah, I'm a cat I don't too. Get why you should be bummed about it? It's such no, an accomplishment. It is, yeah. Also, too, I feel like even when you're telling your coworkers or your family at work that never is gonna go see you race, all they gotta know is, oh yeah, I'm in the elite field. Yeah, I'm in like the uh, the pro one two three field. Yeah, they don't have to know that you're like the two. All they know is like, oh crap, Ryan's doing the pro race this week. He's pretty good. He must be pretty good at cycling. Or they like don't, they don't like, know that you're just hanging on. Or like to be like when those people that do like bike and they've been to like one toad race or something. And yeah. And they ask you like, oh, are you racing this weekend at, at toad? Yeah. And like, yeah, I'm going to be racing. Yeah. And when they ask like, oh, what race? Uh, you can be like, oh, I'll be in the pro race. Oh crap. I mean, oh like, crap. You so, know, I mean. It's, uh, okay. I think, okay. So the coolest thing when I would like started racing bikes 
that I I thought like yeah eventually like I'll move up and like yeah it'll just be like harder and stuff. But when you go to like a legit pro race, you know I would say Toad has like a pretty legit pro race, especially the weekends where you've got like the announcers, you've got the call ups, you've got 120 rider fields, like massive. It is like a crazy experience, like to be inside of those fields. I feel like for anybody that should be motivation enough just to get up to Cat Two to try to like experience at mm-hmm. once, even if you get dropped. It's like, hey man, you're at least like in the pro race. Like that's pretty sweet. Yeah. And it kind of feels good going into those races with, like, zero expectations. So it's kind of like, you know, my goal, my my first and foremost goal is to finish the race. Mm-hmm. Anything after that is great. If I get a top 20, like, whoa. You know, my, Dude, my if you get a main. top, if you get a top twenty, that's phenomenal. If I get a top fifty percent, I'd be. If you make excited. it to, if you make it through the race, those if races I, are so true. hard. That's true. If I yeah. made it to the end, that'd be an accomplishment. But that's yeah. kind of the, the thing is like, um, it's a, it's amazing. You watch some races and you you'll see people that get dropped in the first five minutes. Like oh, that's yeah. that's how hard some of those races are from the gun from the gun, especially like uh, like Waukesha. Oh well, no. I don't, walk shot is a hard one, but there's harder ones than that. What do you think is the hard one? Tosa's harder, hundred percent. I don't think always hard. I don't. Tosa doesn't look like a hard course because it's just a four corner course. But you don't realize how like narrow the roads are, and there's single file through the corner, maybe yeah. like double. So if you get caught at the back, you're basically just like. You know, you're just doing a huge sprint out of every corner because the front is going so fast, mm-hmm. and you just can't corner like full speed. What I don't think is hard is uh, downer. Is yeah. typically not hard. Downer is one of the courses that's not hard. Not from what I've heard. Not for me. Not hard to stay in the race and make it to the end. Very hard to win. Very hard it's to win. It's very yeah. very fast. Downer is like the queen stage of toad. It's like I I think for for you know. In cycling, you know, like the clean stage, a lot of times is like the highest mountain stage. But for crit racing, it's the fastest stage. Mm-hmm. It's the one that's got like you know the highest top speed, the highest finishing speed. And I would say that's probably downer. Grafton is also extremely fast. That's like really fast finishing course because you've got a right hand downhill into the finishing sprint. Yeah. So you're basically just going full speed for about half a lap, which is. That down or Grafton is um, a tough one to finish, but if you can get through like the last five minutes is uh, the hard part. Great, like five ten minutes. Is yeah, the hard part of I, that race. I think Grafton's kind of I've I feel like it's medium. It's not an easy course, but it's not a hard course. Yeah, because yeah. there's there's turns, but all the turns are pretty wide, so you can kind of pedal through mm-hmm. them if you need to full speed. Like if you're gonna if you're gonna try to hang on to like and go. You know, you know, go into a race with little experience. That's probably a good one to do. Yeah. So it's yeah. a and it's also a race I've always done pretty well in. Yeah. The last you're two on the podium years, last um, year. No, I think. Yeah, last two years. I. I think I podiumed Grafton three times. Nope, two. Yeah. Two times I podiumed Grafton. I've got a question. So you you do really well in the sprints. Like, you're just a, you're a good sprinter. Oh, and that's another good. Uh, caveat to go into are you talking about a segue or a caveat well, uh, or a same thing. saviat saviat let's go with saviat Sa- it's, it's another saviat, saviat. it's another saviat um is it, uh, i was going to talk about what um i want my body composition to be for crit racing this year and i think it's oh, going to go a little bit different than what i've done in the past mm. um i'm trying to be a meat machine big thick boy big thick boy thick boy nation 
Big Thick Boy Nation, which like to normal people, I'm not gonna be big by any means. You look pretty big at a I'm, bike race, yeah, because you're I mean, like 165 pounds or something. No, I uh, weighed myself this week 161. Mm. Uh, it's been like that's like that's pretty close. Yeah, that's I was at like 162 for Toad last year. Oh, okay. I'm trying to flutter around 165 to 168. This so week. how are you trying to thicken your boy up? How are you trying to make yourself beefy? Uh, working out. Oh yeah. You know, um, that's I'm good. Actually, that's a start. I'm actually partially working on my upper body as well, and a lot of core work. Mm, okay. Uh, I feel like that's that, important. Just, yeah. On top of that, just like feeding myself. Yeah. I really want to develop my muscles, especially mm-hmm. my legs. Mm-hmm. I want them to grow. Yeah. I want to pretty much have the biggest FTP I can. Mm, yeah. So I want to be a pure. Drop watts. some thick boy bombs. Some yeah. Thick boy watt bombs. So I want to be pure watts. I hot take. I think if you're trying, so like if you're training a lot on the bike and you're trying to gain weight, a lot of people I think will hit the gym. I don't know if I'm like a huge fan of that. Upper body doesn't matter. I mean, you could always work on your upper body. That doesn't. Imp- I would argue that that doesn't impair your your lower body performance. So I'm going to argue um, upper body strength here. Yes. Yeah. You should work on your upper body strength. If you're doing just crit racing it's probably not going to be a huge factor. And if anything, it's going to give you better control when you're sprinting because you've got stronger, a stronger torso, stronger core. And if you go down, a lot of people break their collarbones. Mm-hmm. Knock on wood. Yeah, knock on wood. Um, so if you have some thick shoulders, some strong, some, you know, some strong upper body strength, um, I think in general you're going to be all right you're, if you go down. And everybody's going to go down at some point. You should just always be prepared for it. It cut out a little bit there. Are we back on? J- yep. Just repeat that. Yeah. So yeah, like I said, if you're if you're working on your upper body and you fall in, in a crash, you're at least gonna have some more meat to like take the blow. I, but I'm not a huge fan of doing a lot of weight training for your lower body. I know that's been like a big thing in the past year. It's like oh, is strength training super beneficial to cycling? I think it's like it really depends on who you oh, are. Crap. Uh oh, our our video just cut out. Ryan's just gonna go take care of that quickly. All right, we're back. We just had some uh, some minor technical issues, but Ryan, I think we're all resolved, right? Yep, yep. we're good to go. Anyways, uh, what we were just talking about was so yeah, if you're a cyclist, if you're doing a lot of crit racing, especially, I recommend that, and Ryan does too, that you definitely should do some upper body training. I'm. What I was well, getting. Yeah, I was gonna argue why why you should do upper body training. Yeah, I said my my reasons, and what what are you what are your reasons? So the thing is, and when you watch like the uh, NorCal cycling videos or the great um, great YouTube channel, yeah, or like the William Brothers videos, also great YouTube channel. One thing, all of those guys are really good crit racers, and something they have in common is that they are like a big bit bigger guys. Yes. And so like just, when you have like a bit of a larger upper body, that just gives you like, you know, you have like a hula hoop around you. Correct. Okay. If you watch Justin Williams navigate through a pro crit field, he can pretty much just get in his drops, put his shoulders out and just kind of like, you yeah. know, bump a little bit. Not, not in, a, in an aggressive way, but yeah. So when you just have like a bigger stature. Mm-hmm. People look at you and they're either going to think, yeah, I can push this guy over or I'm not going to be able to do anything that, to that guy it's because that, he's that, twice uh, my size. Big dick energy, right, Ryan? Big dick energy. Big dick energy. That's so I think just having like a 
solid upper body just allows you to kind of keep that uh, positioning and people aren't going to try to move you out of the way. That's why for my off-season training, I just bench pressed all year. That's all I did. Oh, did you? No bike, just no? bench press. Oh, okay. Yeah. Can't you tell? <laughs> so yeah, <clears throat> do some upper body work. I'm not a huge fan actually of doing a ton of lower body work. Like I don't do like any lower body. I do I'll, maintenance stuff. Yeah. So it's almost like half weight. Mm-hmm. But besides that, I do not do. I did do some heavier <clears throat> squatting this week. Yeah. It's my off week. Yeah. I did some heavier squatting, but not much. I did one day of squats and one day of like single leg, like lifts. Mm. Yeah. All I do is a couple like low reps low sets of heavy squats that's like i don't do a lot of high rep stuff i don't see the point in that yeah Um, honestly for all of your weight training it should not be really anything more than five to ten right because we're going for strength too strength that those lower rep higher load right it's going to make the muscle denser yeah rather than doing high reps makes it bigger and even if you weren't lifting weights and you wanted to gain weight and you're doing a lot of cycling training, just doing that training and eating more and eating in a surplus, you're probably going to gain some additional leg muscles, essentially. Yeah. I mean, that's what you saw last year, right? You actually, because your company pays for a DEXA scan, which is yeah. like a high precision body fat analysis, uh, which is normally <clears throat> kind of expensive, but you got to do one for free. Didn't you gain muscle in your legs? Um, yeah. even though you weren't doing any weight training in, in yeah, your lower I body, right? Bit, yeah, I gained quite a bit of muscle in my leg. So if you're just... If, the if one thing about that, though, if you only do it in from biking, uh, you might gain a bit of fat from your upper body. That is true. If you're overeating to gain muscle in your legs, you're not doing anything to, you know, for your upper body to gain muscle. But even if you're just in, like, a little bit of a surplus, that's still probably yeah. going to primarily sure. go to your lower... Yeah lower leg muscles and yeah i mean i think that's not a bad strategy and in general too i'm not a you know you've only got so much time in the day especially for like the person that's training between eight or even six to 12 hours so i'm always a a fan of you're better off probably spending your time just doing more bike training doing some stretching when you have the time you know, maybe some yoga if you're into that as well. I'll be honest, I don't do any stretching, and it is something I need to do more of. Yeah, I mean, you don't have to, but I'm just saying, like, you'd probably be better off just focusing on the bike training, and if you want to get a little bit bigger, eat a little bit more, it's probably going to help that you're training at the same time, and just see what happens. And if you start to get a tummy and it's not working for you, maybe you need to do some more upper body work, or maybe you're just, you know, not doing uh, what your body wants you to. And a solution to that, if you don't have the time to go to the gym or, you know, you don't want to pay for your gym For that weight training. Yeah. Uh, YouTube videos. Yeah, you do a lot of YouTube videos, I do videos, a lot right? of YouTube yeah. videos. 10-minute uh, abs nice. on YouTube. But also you can find, like, 10-minute upper body, like, workouts. Mm-hmm. And those are excellent. And you if don't you need, have 10 minutes to right. do, like, uh, body weight, like, push-up exercises yeah you don't need like weights you can do a lot you do not need body weight stuff you can do you can get a lot done with just body weight yeah so yeah big fan of that um i think too like you don't necessarily have to train your body like if you're an amateur cyclist and you're doing a lot of kurt racing i don't think a lot like i don't most people aren't to the point i think where they have to like change their body type in order to get better at it i think you can probably most people can just continue training and become a better cyclist like 
Like the more you train, the faster you get if you're doing things right. So like just because you're 135 pounds and you know, like you're a small guy and you know, crits aren't like great for you. If you just, regardless of if you eat more or want to gain weight, if you just keep training, you'll probably get better at them. You know, like sometimes I think the, the simplest answer is the answer that people don't necessarily want to hear. I think the hardest thing too is, you know, people look at like the weight they're currently at and the mm-hmm. FTP they have. So say, so like right now, um, my current FTP is 306 at about 72 kilograms. Okay. When you do the math, it comes to like 4.3 or something, 4.3 watts per kilogram, something okay. like that. Uh, and then a lot of people think, well, what if I was 155 pounds? Or like, what if I was 150 pounds? Mm-hmm. You know, and then you calculate it and you're like, oh my gosh, I could be five watts per kilogram if I was 150 pounds. Right. I think that's where people think like, I should start losing 10 pounds. Right. If you when a lot of the times that's the worst thing you could do. Also, if you look at a lot of the guys that are like super good crit racers, like just powerhouse, you know, win the sprint, you know, they'll they'll go in the breakaway. They don't have a super good whopper kg. Like they don't need one. They're not going uphill. They do. No, they do. It's just that they've done the opposite thing where instead of saying instead of losing ten pounds, I'm gonna keep on my current trajectory. Gain two to three pounds, but with that two to three pounds, I'm going to gain 40 watts. Well, my point is, it's not that they have a bad watt per kg. Like, not at all. A lot of those guys... It's just big watts. A lot of those guys are probably still north of five, but when you're looking at somebody that's, like, super skinny and they're, like, 130 pounds, like, their their raw watts, their raw FTP is probably not that high. Their raw FTP is typically not high. Right. Even at the highest level, like... Chris Froome is an outlier liar where his FTP will be like 425. But he's a he's a tall guy. He's yeah, super he's a tall like guy. a great time trialist. But and like, that's if you yeah. look at um like Adam Yates and Simon Yates, right. their FTP is probably around 400, maybe right. less than 400, well, but they're so light that they they can't put out that kind of power. It's, but when they go uphill, it's more about weight, less about um the the raw wattage you can do. Yeah, exactly. So that's why, like, you know, you can't compare yourself to world tour riders because it's like they do a completely different sport. If you oh, are yeah, doing right. flat four corner crits, it is about pure, like it's raw wattage, pure and not power. About power to weight. Yeah, top end speed and then yeah. your finishing speed how as well. How fast too. you can go yeah. in that straightaway is more important than how fast you can go uphill. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, we're good. Cats are always around here somewhere. <clears throat> So yeah, Ryan. Well, we talked a lot about you know like what weight you should be at. Um, oh, you were gonna, you were gonna say something about um, the Williams brothers YouTube channel. You're watching some of their recent videos. Yeah. Big fan. N- Nation's number one beast. I think is the YouTube Nation's channel. Number one. They started doing uh, voiceover commentary. Voiceover commentary. Yes. We should start doing that. We should start doing that. That's we should because we copy everybody. Oh, speaking of which, that's how we. This year they are on the USA Crits. Like uh, calendar teams, they, like the D1 teams. So last year, I think they did a select number of races, uh, mostly I think in the second half of the season. But this year, they're doing every. They're doing all every race. Yeah. So which That's is going to be very uh, cool to see. Watching like if you're thinking about getting like the Crit TV thing, USA Crits TV, yep, uh, which I am a member. Legion of Los Angeles yep. is completely worth getting that. Like watching, wa- they're. I think everybody would agree that they're currently the 
best. They are by far the best. By far the best. And we're actually in the next like week or two because we're getting pretty close to the beginning of the National Crit Series uh, season calendar, the beginning of that. We're going to actually do like a little bit of a preview show. Um, yeah. So, you know, if you're if you're listening, you know, definitely tune into one of those episodes. I think it'll be pretty good. But I think everybody would agree that they're they're right now the best crit team. And yeah. the way that they race, the strategy that they have, you can watch it and it's impressive. But then you watch, hear them talk about it and like the way that their team thinks and how they're all on the same page. Very impressive. And they just took on um, Elevate KHS which is a pro road team. Um, I believe they're, I think they're at the continental level. I don't think they're a pro continental team, but they actually just took on that team, who's one of the best teams in the U.S., and beat them in a dominated. four-corner crit. Like, yeah, they I mean, didn't they, just beat them. They dominated. I mean, they, they first, second, and fourth. Pretty handily. Yeah, they pretty handily beat them. So that was, like, super impressive to watch. So, yeah, it's really cool. I can't wait to watch the crit season this year, the USA crit season. I think, and again, we're going to talk about this on a preview show, but... I think USA Crits has been really great at starting to build the series up and becoming a more professional series, if that makes sense. Like, it just seems like way more clean cut. There's way more teams in it. All the teams that are in it seem to be better established and better organized. When USA Crits came back, and I think their their re-entry as a series was 2018, there was only, I think, a couple teams that seemed like really dedicated to racing the entire series, teams that are very dedicated, they have like a good backing, and I think it's going to be a really interesting year watching, you know, like the lead-out trains battle, all these teams go back and forth, all the tactics unfold, so I'm super excited for that. Yeah, you know, it used to be uh, UHC that had the train, Mm -hmm. and now I think we're going to quickly see Legion be that same, like, dominant force in every single crit race. Right, but I think the one difference is Legion has a lot of horsepower in their breakaway riders as well, too. They've got the national time trial champion, Corey Lockwood. Um, He's on their team, so he's a lead-out man as well. But when you've got a team that can put riders in a breakaway and be strong, and you've got a team that can... Um, you know, line up the leadout train and, and just like cook everybody for five laps and then have Justin Williams be the one that's like finishing the sprint. They're going to be a hard team to beat. I I honestly wouldn't be surprised if they swept the series. Yeah, you know, and I think like Cliff Bar has been the dominant team in the past few years. Uh, this year, I think it's going to be a really good battle between the two. Super good battle. I think Cliff Bar has a really good team, and I think they've got a good mix of experience with Kevin Malervi, Zach Allison, Connor Malervi, um, and a couple of the other you know elder statesmen on the team. Not that those guys are old, but then you've got also some younger, faster talent like in with in Owen Gillette, who's been kind of around the crit scene and he's won a couple big races in the last couple of years but he's still a relatively young rider so i think it'll be interesting to see where he's at this season along with these other guys that can win races so i am very excited for the series i'm a usa crits tv member so i get live access to all the all the races so we'll definitely be tuning in to um the birmingham Hammerfest on march 14th oh yeah i'm actually super pumped for that oh, i can't wait and um, we're also going to do like a companion episode. I think that's what we're going to do. We're going to watch the episode, do a little podcast at the same time, and hopefully that's cool because I've seen it done on a lot of other shows. You know, yeah. A lot of our ideas are, are just, you know, we're, we're just replicating what people like, seem to like at yeah. least. All right, we are just about at the end here. All right, are we ready to wrap it up? We are ready to wrap it up. Anything grinding your gears? Um, you know, I don't think so. 
You know what? One thing that grinds my gears. What grinds your gears? Uh, a little bit of a training tip too. All right. I feel like everyone goes from really good structured training in like the winter, because mm-hmm. that's all they can. Because what else are you gonna do? To then just doing junk miles as soon as it gets warm out. What's wrong with that? What's wrong with riding outside, Ryan? There's nothing wrong with riding outside. You make it sound like there's something wrong with there's riding outside. There's just something wrong with going from structured training. I mean, like, what's the point of just doing junk miles uh, when you spend all winter like mm. yeah. slogging along on your like doing intervals and stuff? What's the point of doing intervals? Some people enjoy sunshine and they that's like okay. to, they like to it's ride outside. Like, don't. What's the point of training all winter if you're going to ruin it? When it gets nice out, I don't say ruin it. You just ruined it. You, you would. That's how you can you view it. But I think most people, they they do something in the winter. Like they just want to stay fit, so they do a training plan, maybe a structured training plan, maybe like Sufferfest videos, because they're just like I don't want to get lazy and I I want to be able to ride my bike when the weather gets nice. So the weather gets nice and they still put in miles and they're not like training but they're still like fit you know so they can go out and do their their centuries and their you know like big rides and hang with the groups because that's all they were training for dude my hot take is training is done training is done indoors recovery rides and group rides are done outdoors i would say you're a booby pants and you just love to train indoors cheers well you can find us on youtube at bike racing weekly now you can find us on facebook at bike race weekly uh the same thing goes for twitter and instagram uh we have been pretty good about doing this once a week so uh we are back to being bike race weekly back to being bike race weekly consistency consistency catch all of our content coming up for the usa crits calendar series going to be really exciting to watch some of those races and we'll definitely be doing some podcasts to cover the upcoming season and the races as they happen all right well i think that's it ryan so with that we'll see y'all next time